Welcome to another episode of Post Game, the sports podcast of ABS-CBN News. I'm Dominic Minor, and I work at the sports beat of news.com. Uh, we're recording this in the afternoon of December 28, three days before we bid a memorable 2021 goodbye, at least in terms of Philippine sports. And we have a special guest in this kind of a crossover episode. Um, he's one of the most prominent executives in Philippine sports. And one of the most respected voices in sports media. Welcome to Post Game, former PBA Commissioner Nolly Ayala. Thank you so much, uh, Dom, for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here on your uh, podcast. For a lot of people who worked with you in your time as PBA Commissioner, I feel like we never, we never really stop calling you Commissioner or Com. I, I hope that's something you're at ease with. You know, actually. Um, Just a little story. Uh, when I became commissioner uh, in 20, uh, 2003, uh, just before that, uh, it was January when I assumed. So December is festive months. Uh, I, commissioner Leo Prieto, the founding commissioner of the PBA, um, tendered a lunch for me no? among all the other commissioners then who were still alive. And at that time, there was still a lot. <laughs> Now, uh, you know, I'm the oldest Uh, tenured commissioner or the oldest living commissioner. But anyway, uh, and he told me, you know, uh, and I, at the time I was practicing law and he said, um, uh, Commissioner, uh, I hope that from now on uh, you will forget all about all your other titles and that for, for now on, from now on you will only um, um, wear the title of commissioner and always be called commissioner. So, you know, that, that stuck to me. I... I never asked for it, uh, but people call me that, and I, you know, I'm really grateful and I'm very honored to to have the title. In case people of a certain age aren't aware, before he became PBA commissioner, Mr. Ayala was part of the PBA broadcast team as the play-by-play man for so many years. So it isn't entirely surprising to see him currently hosting his own radio show called Power and Play. So how does it feel like to be back in sports media? Oh, it's it's um it's uh, a feeling that uh, not only brings back a lot of memories, but it also energizes uh, somebody like me who's uh, getting up there in age. You no, know? so uh, it also gives me an opportunity to remain in contact with uh, a lot of our friends in in the sports industry, uh, and to be still uh, in touch with uh, and and I guess abreast with all of the. Uh, developments in sports, no. So I, I'm very uh, happy that I have that kind of platform that I am able to impart my own um, my own knowledge as well as my own opinions on certain uh, topics, but also to be able to get to talk to a lot of sports celebrities now that are really giving not only the country a lot of pride, but also giving our many many countrymen a lot of sports entertainment. If there's such a thing as a perfect time to be in sports media, it's this year. You know, I mean, this year, without a doubt, yeah. 2021 is the best year in Philippine sports history. I mean, bar none. When you think about it, we have you know Olympic champions, uh, world champions in golf, a major champion in golf, and then we have a major champion in tennis, uh, world champion gymnast, world champion boxers. You can really go down the line. Do you think we'll ever see? A year, 
similar to 2021. I'm thinking 2024 kasi that's um, the next Olympic cycle. Uh, but yeah. 2021 has to be, it's gonna be hard to top, don't you think? I, I agree. I agree, Dom. I think uh, this was a, uh, a breakthrough year. This is a milestone in Philippine sports that we achieved so many um, records, so many achievements that uh, we were always trying to get. No? And of course, the biggest one is the Olympic gold medal of Haidil in the US. Um, and as you mentioned, as you went down the line, and there are many more of that, uh, so many other um, uh, athletes were able to achieve so much for the country and for themselves. But I think it can be done again. I think that's uh, something that I'm very positive and optimistic about um, because of the fact that uh, many of these sports heroes, and you're talking about Kaloyulo, uh, EJ Obiena, Yumir Marshall, Alex Ayala, um, you know, uh, uh, our, our boxers, our Cajas, uh, Kaloy, uh, Carlo Biado, our uh, US Open pool champion, they are all young. You know, these are guys... Uh, maybe Heidelin is um, not even so old, but she is the veteran among all of them, and she's above 30. But everyone else is like uh, below 30. Even our boxers, our Olympic boxers, are all very young. Uh, and you have um, many other athletes who may, like uh, Marjolin Didal, who is a, our skate, skateboarder, who may also win a medal in the Olympics someday. She's also young. So... I'm very, very optimistic that uh, because of their uh, relatively younger age and you know the way that they have developed through the years, and of course, they have been able to um, uh, develop uh, and compete internationally at a very young age, I- I'm very, very uh, confident that uh, 2021, uh, of the achievements in 2021, can be replicated. It's just really a matter of... Um, uh, I, I guess doing what is right, that w- what we did right during this year, and taking out, taking away all those that went wrong. And uh, I think with that formula, I think we have um, you know a pathway to success. Of course, your Alex Ayala's uncle this year she goes on to win the doubles uh, title uh, at the French Open. When Diane Castillejo was in New York to cover the U.S. Open, we inevitably talked about, of course, Leila Fernandez, and then. Alex, we, we, we touched on that. Uh, obviously, you're more updated with Alex's progress. What have you liked so far about her career trajectory? Um, I think it's the fact that she's not rushing. Um, I think she's someone that uh, is taking her time. Uh, she's not being pressured by anyone in particular, uh, from the family to herself, uh, I guess, to her federation, uh, you know, to achieve something right away. And I think that's, that's good. That's, uh, that's something that I like about Alex. Um, she, she's, uh, she has her head in the right place. Um, she knows that she has a lot of weaknesses. She knows also that she has already achieved a lot. And uh, I think this is giving her a lot of confidence, a lot of um, uh, hope that she can be she can be better um secondly i think alex is in in a really good place right now uh with the support of her team uh, the Nad, uh, rafa nadal academy has been 
very, very supportive of her. Uh, and uh, I think they see big things for her. We've, I've talked to Alex's dad, Mike, and uh, he's very happy with the way she, Alex has been cared for in the academy, as well as given the exposure that she needs. No? And uh, I think that's, that augurs well for her. Um, thirdly, I think Alex, um, the schedule of Alex, I think, is, is ideal. Um, I asked her once about, you know, uh, whether, you know, inevitably she will, she, when she leaves the juniors um, level, she will have to play the women's um, uh, tour. And if that worries her, and, you know, I felt that Alex was just extremely confident. Uh, she likes her schedule. She likes the way things are, uh, are being done so that, she matures into that role of a tour player. Um, she's beginning to realize the demands and responsibilities of being in the tour. But at the same time, she's being given enough leeway to grow into that uh, role and into that position. So uh, I, I think that is cultivating a character that is very strong. Uh, and now all that Alex needs to really put together is the strength of her game. Um, I think that she needs to improve a little bit more her service. I think her conditioning uh, needs to get uh, better a little bit uh, in terms of her strength. And, um, and of course, um, you know, maybe a little more maturity in her game uh, and playing the right tournaments will give that for, uh, to Alex. So I'm, I'm confident and I'm happy that uh, she's doing everything correctly. And I'm just praying that uh, the injuries will not hound her anymore and that she will have a, a healthy 2022. You mentioned um, how important patience is, especially for um, uh, young athletes who, who've had, you know, the, the kind of success that, that Alex has. You know, you don't want to look too far ahead. Pero siyempre, minsan, parang you have to, like, if, if you're, the coaching staff, if you're the, the people behind her, you want to temper then the expectations. But at the same time, you can probably, you know, based on her trajectory, you can see that, you know, this is somebody who can actually really win in the women's store in the years to come. So there's this sort of tricky balance of staying in the moment, but at the same time, you're excited for her future. Um, at this stage, do you think, the coaching staff is aware of that or are, are they thinking that far ahead? I think they're very aware of her potential. I think they're very aware of um, what, what she can do. Um, I, I think what Alex, though, has to grapple with is, um, I think, focusing on certain aspects of her career. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, it's very difficult for her to be, you know, really juggling her time from juniors to women's to doubles to singles, mixed doubles. Um, it takes a lot from her. And I, when, I, you know, the tournaments I've followed, I can see that, although she, she won't admit it, because Alex is a tough girl. She will, she will always say that she's fine and she's, you know, uh, you know she's, this is how it is in the tour. But you can see that 
it's beginning to take its toll, especially in the latter part, yung mga dulo na ng tournaments uh, and the, the calendar, that that kind of schedule, you know, especially in a tournament where you have to play in a day at least two games, oh, that's hard, even for a 17-year-old. Um, uh, but she always says that it's part of growing up, it's part of her maturity, and I guess her coaches tell her that. So that's why she has to play as many games as she can. But I think at a certain point, she will have to accept the fact that uh, she will have to concentrate on something. Uh, and uh, because she might run into a position where, or uh, into a situation where injuries will start to hound her because of the uh, lack of rest for her body. You know? So again, these are, these are the many, I think, things that um, uh, Alex will have to um, think about and her coaches as well. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that they, they know this. I'm pretty sure that they are aware of um, the demands on her body because these are great coaches, you know. Uh, and um, I, don't think, I don't think that will be a hindrance. In fact, it will be an, a plus for her as she moves on. I think anything that was driven home this year in, in Philippine sports, it's the, it's the fact that Filipino athletes have shown that they can win at different sports, whether weightlifting, or, you know, we've, we've mentioned all the sports. So, you know, and, and this year uh, we've seen, and I don't, I, I'm not sure if, if it's the same experience with you, but we've seen a lot of social media comments this year talking about, you know, oh, you know, uh, since we can win in weightlifting or win in uh, golf or, or again, we're winning in billiards. Some some people are asking maybe the Philippines is too basketball centric, and you know um, uh, comments are saying let's focus on other sports where we have a better shot at winning world titles. So do you think you know is is that a premise that makes sense to you? Is that or is parang nagtotrol lang yung mga tao when when they make such a comment? Well, obviously they're not basketball fans, but but uh, you know I totally agree. I mean it's it, it, I think if our if our um, idea of success is winning world championships and Olympic medals, we shouldn't be in basketball. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's a no-brainer. I mean, um, no matter what we do and no matter how tall we get, I really doubt if we're ever going to get into the podium in any world-level basketball tournament uh, maybe asian level we can dominate but even at the height of china when yao ming was playing and they were they were a powerhouse in asia they could never make the podium australia uh, has just made the podium in the olympics uh, and uh, this is a team this is a country that has developed so many great basketball players so uh, yes I, I totally agree and i've always said that um, if our barometer of success in sports is world championships and uh, Olympic medals. Uh, basketball is definitely sh- should be out. But if our barometer of success in Philippine sports is providing happiness, providing uh, entertainment, providing jobs, providing opportunities for young people uh, and just giving a lot of hope to many of the people in our country, then you can, you sh- you can never uh, take basketball out of the equation. 
it is still the most uh, followed, watched, and uh, enjoyed, most enjoyed sport in this crazy basketball crazy country. So um, we we just cannot, unfortunately, remove basketball from the landscape of Philippine sports. But again, uh, it doesn't mean that if we continue to support basketball, all of our funding should be going to basketball. I I really am not a uh, staunch believer in that. I believe that uh, there are many other sports that need to get that kind of funding that basketball is getting. Um, and, and this year proved that. We have uh, an Olympic medalist, gold medalist in weightlifting, which, uh, again, if we are to be called a weightlifting country, I don't mind. You know, I, I remember the opening of the Olympics, Dom. Uh, I, I heard the, the commentators during the opening ceremonies call Turkey a um, a basque uh, i mean a, a weightlifting and uh parang wrestling country something like that no and i i, I was th- thinking to myself you know if the philippines is called the boxing and wrestling country or capital why not you know if we're going to be producing all of those olympic medals in that in those sports no so uh, i think we have to look at these sports where our athletes do not have to meet the challenges uh, of height or weight, it, it's just that it's going to be equal uh, even with our competitors and foes. I think we have to look at weightlifting. We have to look at gymnastics. We have to look at even, uh, as I mentioned, skateboarding, um, uh, dance sport. We have to look at the martial arts, um, even, even um, uh, skating in the Olympics, in the Winter Olympics. Is something that you know Filipinos can excel in. I've, I've talked to uh, Sofia Frank. Uh, I have talked to Michael Martinez. You know, these are people that see a lot of hope and uh, opportunity in that sport. You no, know? uh, we have to look at cycling. You know, um, uh, water sports. So much. The Philippines is an archipelago. I, I don't understand why we are not competing in uh, in yachting, in sailing, in surfing. Uh, uh, it's just uh, amazing how much resources we have that can be funded uh, and we can really gain a lot of uh, uh, success in other sports. So, yes, I agree that we should not be basketball-centric. That's the first premise. But we can never take out basketball in the landscape because that remains still the most popular sport in our country. That's such a astute uh, point of view. I think as a social media kasi it's very it's a very, it can tend to be become a very heated kind of discussion oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah oh. and i think um you offering that kind of perspective um really puts into um a clearer picture of where you know of, of basketball's place in our culture and i remember around 2006 and uh, you were part of that yung uh, mr manny pangilinan Mr. Ricky Vargas and his crew, um, that group took over, you know, the Basketball Federation. And I remember that question was asked Mr. Pangilinan, yung, um, why basketball? And his answer was, we owe it also to our heritage. We owe it to, you know, to the culture of, of uh, Philipp- the Philippines being this basketball-loving country. And 
that's again to your point you know you can't really take away that part of us which you know in our essence is we are really basketball lovers so oh, yeah we are spending so much uh, for the world cup for the uh, fiba world cup that's coming in 2023 and uh, you know i i take pride in it because i am a basketball lover and i know that the country will be put in the basketball map but is it realistic to think that we will even make the quarterfinals i don't think so i mean uh, it's kumbaga suntok sa buwan no and we're all hoping that but uh, i'm also being a real a realist and I've, i've been in basketball for so long uh, i i've seen the competition gumagaling tayo we are getting better but so are the other countries in the world so uh, you know i i really think that uh, it's only it's it's nice to have that to host it um, it puts us in the map uh, but uh, if we're looking at success in, in terms of winning uh, i think we will be disappointed now if, if we look at success in terms of hey we hosted such a huge affair event My goodness, of course. Yeah, we are winners. We're all going to be winners. Another hot-button topic in terms of basketball is we've seen this year um, uh, a number of Filipinos flying off to Japan to play in the B-League. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I, I, I'm, all, uh, I'm very supportive of that. Uh, and let, let me just be very clear. No? I, 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 I still think the PBA is... Uh, Worth, um, you know, players going to the PBA certainly should be the goal. I mean, that's it. Still, it still provides the best competition, the best basketball games, not only in this country, but perhaps in the, not only in the region, of course, but also in Asia. Um, but you know, players' careers are so short, and you know, um, there's so much opportunity out there that you cannot take that away from them. I think that is uh, something that can be used by players uh, to secure themselves in the future. Um, now, the PBA, I feel if the PBA wants to be more competitive, then, hey, sure, why don't they come up with different rules uh, now to cope with the realities of the changing world? You know, Basketball world has become so small, and um, uh, I really don't um, believe in those arguments that um, the competition there is so bad you don't have to play there. I, I think that's that's being uh, that's a that's a lame excuse, um, and, and uh, you know it's being apologetic um, in a way for the PBA. I think that. Uh, the reverse should be done. If the PBA wants to keep their players, then they should become, I think, more proactive. They should open up their drafting uh, rules. They should provide a, an exception to their salary cap uh, by providing a super max max contract for X number of players uh, that uh, may be not computed in the salary cap. Uh, they should begin to attract more Asian imports to play here, also to compete with the other teams. And that will allow a perhaps better understanding of uh, Asian basketball and many more. No? So, but 
In terms of players going abroad, uh, I'm all for it. I think that not only does it provide them with security financially, it also gives um, a lot of other young, our good players, more options to develop not only as a basketball player, but as a person. I've, I've talked to the Ravenna brothers. In fact, I've talked to all the, the players that have gone to the Japan B League. And all of them tell me it's about the experience. It's about um, becoming independent as a young person. It's about experiencing new, a new culture. And especially in Japan, you know, that culture is rich. And that society is nurturing and, and, uh, and caring. That environment provides you with the, the, uh, the beauty of tradition and the uh, luxuries of the modern world. So, you know, it, it's something that attracts you, not only basketball players, but doctors, scientists, nurses, workers, anybody is attracted to that kind of culture. And why will we be against that? Um, just because you want to protect a, a league, I think that is uh, myopic in, in thinking. Uh, so uh, I am all for it. I hope that uh, more players are given the opportunity. But in the end, I know that you know many of these players will still go back home and still want to retire at home. So I, I have no worries. I don't think the PBA should be worried. I don't think the PBA will lack any talent. It's just now, however, a matter of just adjusting, coping to the new realities of uh, a world that is become small, so, so small for basketball players. I remember may sinabi si, si Coach Tab, uh, I think uh, that was a year ago, I think, about the pro set up here is too insular in the sense na um, we're too confined dito sa, sa Pinas, the, the brand of basketball in the Philippines. But you have you know, our exports going to other countries and experiencing, oh, okay, ito pala yung, this is what it feels like to be alone. Do you think uh, that bodes well for them too? Yung, the fact that they're out there competing um, in isolation pag, uh, without, uh, without uh, trappings of, uh, you know, loud, uh, loud support. Uh, does that, yeah. you know, will that help their character? Absolutely. Uh, you know, alam naman natin in the country, in the Philippines, many of our players are babied too much, you know, uh, smothered, in fact. <laughs> so by, by you know, uh, uh, not only their families, fans, but also their companies no, or organizations. Uh, and and we, we, we tend to start thinking the PBA is the end all and be all of basketball. It is not. Uh, you know, it, it is a terrific platform. I, I, I will always say that. I'll always be proud to have led the PBA. And I, I really think that it's a great platform. But there are other platforms that can be, uh, that can be experienced and can enhance the talents of many of our players. And that's what should be the goal of the PBA. Because, you know, as they say, you know, there are, there are what... Um, over 30 teams, I think, in the B-League. No? And um, I don't think everyone will get the player. And even if they do, that is only 30 players. And, you know, the, the, the way that the Philippines 
develops players in this country from the high school to the college to the semi-pro and the pro. Uh, there's just enough players, really. We have so many players sitting on the benches that are so good, uh, but they don't have the opportunity because we still have players who are up to 40, 48, 50 are still playing. So, so you know, um, I, I, I don't... I don't understand that, you know, that that mentality that, yeah, young players shouldn't go, but old players, you can stay. I, I you know, I, I, I mean, why, why, what kind of a league is that? You know, you want younger players to keep on developing. And then when they come back, they're a lot better. And these old players should be given security to retire. So, uh, I, again, um, going abroad should be, should be encouraged. Um, and I think at the end of the day, the only one that will benefit is really Philippine basketball because uh, these yeah. players will come back strong, independent, have a different outlook about all kinds of players and sports, as well as the different looks of you know, the kinds of games that we've, they've seen. And that will just augur well for Philippine basketball. This may be an apples to oranges comparison, but um, I'm reminded of uh, when you're talking about your saturation of basketball talent, I'm reminded of uh, a country like Korea. Uh, and daming, uh, and lady golfers who've been naturalized uh, in other countries, but they're still the best uh, country in terms of churning out all these world class, you know, um, lady golfing talent. So I think, you know, in, in a way, siguro ganun din sa, uh, sa Pinas na, I mean, Sabi nyo nga, I mean, you can send out 20, 30 people overseas, but still, there is so much talent in the Philippines na hindi talaga mauubusan ng quality players ang PBA, and even in lower leagues and in, even in college. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, golf is so popular in Korea, but you don't see the, Kore- the Koreans closing their borders and telling their players not to play in the LPGA. <laughs> And just stay in the KLPGA, you know. So, uh, you know, again, it doesn't make sense. And uh, I, I really wish, uh, you know, the leaders uh, of Philippine basketball would embrace this, you no, know? embrace this this uh, opportunity. Uh, it it seems to me that it is uh, too parochial. It's uh, it's too selfish at times to protect your league too much. Before you start protecting your league, work on your league. I mean, that's the thing. If your league, if a league is conducive to play, to um, good income, to healthy competition, I think no one will even think about leaving. I mean, no matter what you do. But when players begin to feel that they're never going to win in a league, then that's going to be a problem because players want to win. Players are built to win. And if you put them in a situation where they know that for the rest of their career, unless they go to particular teams, they'll never win, I think you've got a problem. And that's the first thing that a pro league should develop, parity. I think they have to put in rules and enforce rules to make sure that players have an equal opportunity to win. And when you do that, you don't even have to worry about players leaving because then players uh, begin to accept that this is the right place for me. Well said, well said, Com. Uh, I think one export 
that um, I'd like to ask your thoughts on is Kai Soto. Uh, he's in the NBL now. Uh, what do you think? I mean, based on what you've seen, what what you've seen, based on what you've read or your you know uh, inside info that you've been getting. I mean, what does he need to do to get to that level where you know he's NBA ready? He's got to have patience. <laughs> I, I I honestly think that uh, maybe not Kai, but even his handlers. You know, uh, he's been moved around. Uh, like a you know a a card in a deck, and you know they're just looking for the hand that can use him. Uh, it seems to me that you know they're cutting corners. No, there's just no no shortcuts to success. I mean, Kai has to go through the difficult parts, having to sit on the bench. And just practice and be a you know a second stringer. It cannot be that he is immediately thrust into the limelight when he's not ready. Now, maybe physically, uh, Kai needs to develop some other things. I, I am not privy to how he is right now in terms of his physique. Uh, all we can see is how he played in the Gila's FIBA qualifiers, uh, and we see we saw a lot of uh, potential really. I mean, he was terrific. I mean, the, the limited minutes that he played, I felt Kai displayed uh, mobility for a big man. I thought he showed range. Uh, he has great timing. I just felt that his second leap or third leap should improve uh, just to be able to get quicker to the ball. Uh, I thought his handles were, were very good for a big man. I felt that he would have to be a little more aggressive, though. So there are many aspects of his game, but I think that will come in time. Uh, it's so hard for you to be in a microscope all the time. I think Kai has to be given that opportunity, like Alex, to just develop and mature. He's so young. Uh, and uh, I think many of his handlers believe that he should be like a Luka Doncic, already playing in the NBA or, or a, yeah. you know, a, a, a unicorn like you know, Christoph Sporzingis, or that he has to be there right away. Let's be patient. This is a guy that Remember, he did not even go through that collegiate uh, mill, you know, that, that, that uh, whole rigmarole of having to play daily and practice with your, with your peers. No? This is a guy being thrust in a league of men. And uh, I really think that uh, they just need to be more patient with Kai. Uh, he's got the talents because the more they are impatient, I worry for him because it may push him not only in terms of his physical Uh, body giving up, but it also may push his psychological side uh, into despair. And you don't want that. You don't want a guy that will lose hope about his future. You want a guy that's confident. And, um, you know, uh, before before the, the success comes, there's always hard work. And um, I, I think that if Kai can just be placed in a situation where he's comfortable, where he is... Um, free to be himself, I think he will improve. So, uh, again, if you're asking me what does he need, I think he needs patience. Him and his handlers. It's not helping no calm. There's all this tremendous hype just, you know, around him. And, you know, every time he probably opens his phone or, or, or social media, the next, you know, the, the guy who will 
take us to NBA Mecca or something like that. Yung ganong magnitude right. of of hype. I mean, I I can imagine yung that thing getting into his head, and I hope that's not something that I hope that's managed, you know, from from here on out for him. Absolutely, yes. Uh, it's hard to be the crux of. Uh... Uh, you know, of the expectations of an entire nation. Uh, and that is, never mind if it is something that is uh, realistic, but it's more born out of, as you said, hype, um, narratives that, you know, was, was put out there to sell him. You don't need to sell a 7374 guy in the market. Uh, I mean, As they say, yes. the cream rises. Yeah. The cream rises to the top. I mean, if he is any good, if he's got any talent, you don't even have to talk about him. They will find him because there's there are not too many seven three seven four guys at twenty twenty one years old who can do what he can do. So again, I I don't see it. I I, I really feel that um, uh, there are many more uh, pathways for success. I'm not one to suggest because you know that's a decision that they've made. I guess we we as fans can only help, pray for him and support him. But uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think Kai should just be himself and just give the kid a chance to to become a man. More on the Philippine uh, national basketball team. I, it's kind of fortuitous that I invited you. Around the time uh, it's uh, the death anniversary of uh, former national coach Ron Jacobs, can you explain dunsa uh, new generation of fans natin? I mean, how impactful was Coach Ron sa national team natin? Well, if you uh, if you're looking at a guy who um, Not only touched the lives of many basketball players and influenced their careers, but a guy who uh, changed the course, actually, of Philippine basketball, um, and gave us a a um, a window as early as the '80s of how success can be attained. That was Ron Jacobs. Um, Ron was the the guy who thought about. Naturalization. He was the guy who brought in Phil Americans. He was the guy who created a different kind of uh, culture in terms of Philippine sports. Uh, he believed in the Filipino talent because, as he was putting in uh, foreign bro- foreign blood and you know mixed blood, he was also developing. What he thought were very very good players, and it turned out to be he was right, you know. And you're talking about Alan Kaitik, you're talking about Sam Boylin, Heck Calma, uh, you're talking about Ives Dignadise, uh, and then of course later on, you know, he saw the likes of Alvin Patrimonio, Jerry Codinera, Jojo Lastimosa, uh, Nelson Asaitono, Ato Augustine. Many of these players went through him, and uh, he saw the talent there. Um, And Ron was a guy who was not afraid to be criticized. He knew that what he was doing was ahead of his time, in fact. Uh, but he was not afraid um, to go against the institutions of Philippine sports. We have, we hardly have 
coaches like that anymore. Uh, many of our coaches um, ha have to follow the institutions. Ron was not the kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I met the man. I worked with him um, on bo both on broadcast as well as uh, in the PBA. Uh, it's, it was unfortunate, really, that he suffered uh, an attack just before uh, he was going to go to the Asian Games. But I thought Ron was really going to bring us to the glory. And, um, you know, uh, I, I'm glad that somehow during his relatively brief stint with Philippine basketball, he was able to stamp his class and, and impart many of his learnings, you know, with Jong Uwichiko, with, uh, uh, with the NCC boys, you know, uh, with the Pumarens, of course. Uh, and, um, you know, we will never see another Ron Jacobs in our lifetime, uh, no matter what we do. But I think we will always remember him for what he uh, uh, developed and how he changed Philippine basketball and, and the way we play it. And I think the idea, com, no, the idea of basketball being a, a globalized sport, I think him being at the forefront of that, that was one of the, if not the most important legacy na, na contribute niya to Philippine basketball. Oh, his influence with me was tremendous, of course. In, in that sense, Don, no? uh, yung globalization of uh, Philippine basketball. Um, when I became executive director of Samarang Basketball ng Pilipinas, that was the blueprint for the Gilas program. Uh, what he and uh, Ambassador Kowanko did, no? uh, you know, to bring in a group of collegiate players and develop them uh, exclusively for the Philippines, for Philippine basketball, and then bring in, slowly bring in a naturalized player, bring in a foreign coach who knows the international game, uh, and make them play all over the world. Now, that was a, a blueprint that I, I wanted to. And then, of course, you know, when I was in the PBA, you know, competing internationally. Remember, when I entered the PBA, um, the PBA was only playing in the Asian Games. We were not playing in the FIBA tournament. Uh, FIBA uh, tournaments you know, from the regional, the continental championships in, uh, of FIBA to the uh, club championships to the world championships. We were not, we were not there. We were not uh, competing. And it was that time that we decided, no, it's time that the PBA, the best players compete for the Philippines. And Ron was the, the guy that I remember pushed that. He went to the World Inter Club. He went to the Jones Cup. Uh, and he really opened their eyes to the possibility that we can play at that level. No? And uh, with the help of maybe naturalized players, we can win. So, uh, you know, even that man lang, the hope <laughs> was given to us by Ron. And I, 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 will, I will never forget the influence that he had with me uh, as a uh, sports executive. Uh, if sports in 2021 has taught me or us or the Philippines anything, it's that... Anything is possible. Um, so my question is, uh, before I let you go, what other sporting breakthroughs do you want the Philippines to achieve? Not necessarily next year, but down the line. Do you have like three things in mind? Parang meron kayo wish list of Philippine sports breakthroughs. Wow. Uh, well, the first one I think... Um, we're doing in 2023 really is to host the World Cup. But I'd like to, I'd like to see the Philippines host the Asian Games. Um, I know there, there are more priorities in, in, 
in our government that, that the government must attend to, uh, especially at this time. Well, but if it's just a wish, I, I, I really wish that uh, the Philippines can can host again. Uh, remember the last time he hosted us, maybe 1954 or something like that, uh, the Asian Games, so in Manila. And uh, I think it's long overdue. I, I think the Philippines uh, was always a front or front runner as well as a uh, trendsetter in sports in Asia in the mid 90s. So I mean, 1900. So you know, I, I I wish that and really give our athletes more opportunities. So I think the second one that I I, I would wish for is really that um, well my my um, my 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 niece Alex wins a singles major championship. You know, uh, Leila Fernandez, uh, Emma Raducanu proved that it can be done. And uh, I, I remember talking to Alex, and she told me, "Yeah, I know Leila. I know I played with Emma. You know, in, in other words, these are these are players. These are athletes that um, are not too far away from her." level of talent and skill at the moment you know and so given a good week of tennis you'll never know what can happen and again that that'll be certainly a proud moment for the country and for our family that uh, that alex uh, makes it to a major in in uh, in philippine sports no and i i guess the third wish i i would i really want is that um you know for basketball is that we truly have a national championship in Collegiate sports um, in, in in basketball. Uh, I, I feel that many many plans have been thrown out there, from the Champions League to uh, what you have you the National Collegiate Championships, um, and yet many of these Philipp these sports are unable to unite you know, these these organizations. Uh, uh, I, I really think that unity in sports should be the first um, objective of many of our sports leaders. And uh, we have not achieved that uh, at all. So I really wish that basketball could be again the leader. Um, you know that we have a one national champion uh, where it's really a true tournament where all of the best teams come to play, not just a an invitational of the champion of the sport. It really becomes a true national championship. So. Um, I, I'd like to wish that not only for basketball, for collegiate sport, but also for for professional sports, you know, the PBA and all the other professional leagues. Uh, it's time really to unite, and uh, you know I think that's that should be our goal uh, in the coming coming years. I would like to ask uh, your thoughts more on that topic of sports unity, but I think uh, we're we're gonna need two more hours to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Also, right. I, will, I, would, I would love to talk to you more about um, anything about Philippine sports, but I understand it's the holidays and you need to spend time with your family. Thank you very much for your time, Kwong. It's a pleasure. I, I enjoyed my, my, uh, my time with you, Dom, uh, in your show, in your podcast. I, I am, uh, I'm, I've always enjoyed talking with people who are open-minded in sports. You know, I, 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 I love talking to uh, journalists, sports journalists, and people in the know, you know, who have followed sports all their lives, uh, and, and yet who have been very open about many other things, because uh, that's rare, you know, to have people like you in the business. We know how it is, you know, we, and we understand what it is. 
But uh, again, I'm very happy and I'd be glad to, to be back on your show again. Maraming salamat.